Hey, everybody. We're back from the bye week, Bleeding, Claret, and Cobalt. Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here with you, getting you ready for Saturday against the Expansion Club, St. Louis City FC. Four games, four wins for St. Louis. They are the uh, bell of the ball as far as MLS is concerned right now. Hopefully those dreams come crashing to reality in Sandy on Saturday. We'll be back with all that and much, much more regarding RSL's prospects right here on Bleeding Claret and Cobalt, presented by One Wire Fiber. Hey guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant, out-of-state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you. If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from One Wire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and One Wire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, One Wire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club. And they care about you. All right, Ryan. So it was kind of a bizarre scheduling circumstance end up with a bye week on the you know early in the season week four basically march 18th uh the rsl does not have another bye until september 9th uh which is another international date that the the league i think is observing they're not observing this one rsl one of eight teams around mls to lose four or more guys to international duty this week. So we'll certainly see some churn in Pablo Mastroeni's lineup. And uh, I think we'll see some of that anyway coming off a disappointing home performance, 2-1 loss to Austin. Honestly, I thought the second half was good. They just weren't able to convert uh, some of the chances they created. I think Pablo and his staff looking back at that the first three games, I think you basically say we've had two good halves, uh, second half against Vancouver, second half against Austin, but uh, bad first halves uh, against Vancouver, against Seattle, and against Austin, and uh, you got to find yourself. So obviously that Austin game, um, the first goal, a little bit of a wonder goal, uh, but it did come uh, at the end of, a, I think, an 18-pass sequence. So I think – RSL fans, certainly the players, the coaching staff would look at that and say, you know, where are the opportunities to win that ball back before it gets uh, to the foot of uh, of what Brian Denseth called a spider killer? Because that was, you know, off the underside of the crossbar in the in the upper ninety. I don't know that Zach McMath had a had a chance at that one. He certainly has taken his share of blame uh, for the second goal, the Josh Wolf goal, what proved to be the game winning goal. But I think if you go back and look at that play. There's three or four other players that could have 
uh, kept the ball from getting into that space and and putting a little pressure on the shot so that 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 Zach doesn't get caught kind of leaning the wrong way. So anyway, uh, Justin Glad is your Golden Boot leader right now after uh, two goals in three games. As I joked with him after the game, every time he's done the Apple uh, pregame production call, he's scored. So. Um, I've asked him to do it again this week against St. Louis. We'll see uh, if he complies and if we can keep the pattern uh, going. But, you know, with Jefferson Savarino initially was called into Venezuela, uh, he declined the invitation. The Federation let him stay here. It's still up in the air as to whether or not he'll be available uh, to RSL on Saturday against St. Louis. He's got a little bit of a nagging calf injury. He's got some personal stuff going on that um, I think made him decide he didn't want to fly uh, halfway around the world to Saudi Arabia for a pair of uh, meaningless friendlies. But basically, um, we need the blessing of the Venezuelan Federation uh, for him to be able to play Saturday. And I think that's something that will be determined Friday or Saturday. So, uh uh, Savarino's up in the air. Uh, Rubio Rubin is with Guatemala. Uh, Brian Ojeda is with Paraguay. Diego Luna started, unfortunately missed a PK and hit the crossbar for a U.S. under-20 game against France uh, earlier this week. They ended up uh, losing that game, I think, 4-0. They were down one nothing half. But uh, overall, a pretty bright performance for Diego. And then Gavin Beavers is with the USA under-19s. So um, as I mentioned uh, eight teams in MLS losing four or more uh, players. And this is the international break that the league is playing through. Most of the other FIFA dates the rest of the way in 2023 are being observed. Uh, so that's always a tough thing to deal with. And then on top of that, you've got injuries um, in the RSL uh, camp to uh, Marcelo Silva, Brian Oviedo, uh, Eric Holt, um, uh, Danny Masovsky went down with a sprained ankle in training the other day, so it's going to be very interesting to see who Pablo has available uh, to comprise the 20 at the end of the week, and maybe you see some new faces, uh, maybe some rookies, maybe some guys that we had slated uh, from Monarchs minutes, maybe even Monarchs minutes and Friday night's opener at Zions Bank against Minnesota um, that are going to get a look uh, with RSL. Bodie Hidalgo uh, took a knock in training, uh, the day before the Austin game, so he's out as well. But Brian Vera is in. Um, Pablo Ruiz is back and in. So uh, I think there's an opportunity maybe that we see those guys, not just in the 20, but perhaps even in the 11. So uh, it'll be a very, very different lineup than what we saw the first three weeks of the 2023 season. Yeah, it's got a little, it's a little stressful hearing the list of names like that. Um, I think that we maybe shades of uh, last year when we we're talking about we spent a lot of time talking about the next man up mentality yeah, of the yeah. of the squad and so this is kind of i guess you got to get to this point right i don't know if you got to get to it but it happens so well over the course of a 9 month 50 something game season that's going to come up and and we've seen RSL very strong in these situations before where it is a next man up mentality and we saw it last year um, with or two years ago, it was Andrew Brody, right, who seized yeah. the job. Um, last year, Bodie Hidalgo over the course of the season, uh, we saw a lot of young guys come in and get cups of coffee. And especially early on in that year, um, we had, I think we had nine guys on the injured list at one point early last season. Uh, and we still started out three wins, 
one loss, three draws before the loss to New York, the Open Cup loss. You kind of stabilize the ship a little bit with the with the tie at Portland, but uh, it is kind of a war of attrition over the course of an MLS season, and uh, we're going to find out how deep we are. That's that's the case. Let me see if I can. I guess I'm not trying to stump you here, but let me see if I can get an exact date on this game from you. This is uh, going back in the archives. There was a game um, late in the summer. Um, I'm thinking 2013, maybe 2014. Similar situation. A lot of guys down. Um, I think Jeff Antonella was playing for yeah. Nick Romano. Maybe the first time he showed up. You tune in to see Kyle and Nick and all these guys, right. and none of them were playing. Like literally, sure. I think it might have been. You're sparking a memory a little bit later that year in 2013. It was three days before the Open Cup final against DC here at home. And we rested all of our starters. They didn't even travel to Vancouver. And we end up winning in Vancouver yeah. one nothing with uh, Devin Sandoval and Sebastian Velasquez and and uh, Atanella and kind maybe of maybe that is maybe I'm, that maybe I'm mixing those up. Yeah, yeah. that was October of uh, 2013. Which I think the thing the reason why that sticks out to me is because that did catalyst that run that they had at the end of the season to get into yeah. the playoffs and then ultimately into the MLS Cup final too yeah. that, that year too, which. You know, <laughs> I'm still bitter. We lost an Open Cup final at home yeah. to a team that won three MLS. Yeah, games it's it's all a year. it's a wild it's, MLS is pretty wild. That's one of those things trying to explain why do you watch MLS because you never really know what's going to happen. Um, let me just a uh, couple of takeaways from uh, two weeks ago now the the home opener. Um, spent some time down in the safe standing area okay. during the game. How was that? <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was fun. The, I, I think that if you've been down on the sporter section, you know, you know what to expect down there. It's a fun. It's a group, a good group of people that are like always people reacting to passes, people reacting to tackles, and then instead of just shots. I think that's just a good place to be. But it was fun. It was. We've been waiting for that for a long time and to experience it finally. It's really fun. Um, yeah, some other things. I think that you're talking about that uh, the goals that kind of came at uh, you know some defensive lapses. I think we talk a lot about how cohesive this team is. Yeah. And whenever there's th those moments where there's not cohesion, I think that that it really lays bare the you know things. It it's hard to the cohesion is very important. It's not a bonus. It is the this it's what is what needs to happen for this team to be successful. And I think we're we're looking at that. Like, how do you? What do you expect from an RSL team? To how do you? How is this RSL team going to get results? And it's if they're playing cohesively together as a unit and unfortunately we're seeing sometimes when those those lapses are costing you know sure yeah i think there's teams i think the, right now you there's not a there's not a team in mls that couldn't find a way to punish a mistake or punish a lapse in defense very few gimmies in mls anymore the quality of play in the league has risen uh greatly i you know look there might be some people that that think that colorado san jose Houston looks like they've got a little more life now this year than they have had recently, but there's no easy outs. And, and, and I think we see it in all sports, but those guys are pros too. And maybe they're not, they don't have the highest payrolls. We certainly don't, but um, we've been applauded in recent years for kind of being that, that X dog team, that next man up team that especially under Pablo has a very uh, difficult mentality to break down. Uh, we've seen it in our home performance. I think we've seen it on the road. Um, this has been the most successful road run in the history of this club, right? And look, we're missing – I'm looking at our injury report. We're missing 15 guys if you include the three guys that are on loan. But when you think about St. Louis right now, part of the reason they're four wins – zero draws, zero losses, they're very much what we were the last couple of years. They 
they play together. They fight like hell for each other. Um, they run in packs. They win the ball. They press. Uh, now, the difference is they've got that number nine in Klaus that is converting at a very, very high rate right now. Um, look, we've had that in the past, whether it was Sabo a long time ago, whether it was Rubio Rubin in a hot, uh, you know, going through a hot spell, I think five goals in eight games at the beginning of 21. Um, I think we've seen it in spurts with Wood, with Julio, Cordova, second part of last year. I think he, he came on. Uh, we haven't seen that yet this year. And look, maybe... Maybe it is Anderson Julio's turn Saturday uh, to stake a claim to that nine with Rubin gone. Maybe uh, Danny Masovsky recovers from that uh, ankle injury and 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 puts himself in that conversation. Who knows? But uh, that next man up mentality is is huge. And look, um, you know, St. Louis is I think has done something very interesting as an expansion team. A lot of these international players that they brought in, they were all on the ground in St. Louis last summer. So they didn't just have a month and half of preseason as an expansion team, which is typically what we've seen from every expansion team in the past. They had their guys together for six months, for nine months, to really kind of instill an identity, a culture, a playing style to get everybody on the same page. And then they bring in Klaus, who's clearly been a difference maker. They are not missing a bunch of players due to international duty. I think they've got one guy uh, that is going to be in that U19 camp with Beavers. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm not trying to take anything away from what St. Louis has done. They've they've looked great at home. Uh, they destroyed San Jose last week. But those first three wins were notable for a couple things for me. Uh, the first two weeks, they were basically gifted the first goal of the game by bad back passes. So that's a little fluky. But um, in both of those games, they were able to come from behind. Actually, the first three wins that were come from behind, they were down one nothing, and everyone. So, so that just speaks a little bit to where their mentality is right now. Um, look, they're maybe coming into America First Field as the favorites, which is something that's very rare. Period. Very much rarer for an expansion team. I think all time RSL is. Nine wins, two losses, three draws against uh, expansion teams or teams making their first ever visit to, to Utah. So um, on the other hand, I think RSL is trying to not have back-to-back -back home losses to open a season for the first time ever um, to uh, – you know, there's there's some negative stats that RSL is trying to avoid. I think it was 20, 2017 is the only time um, where we've only had one point after uh, the first two home games. So you want to you want to avoid that kind of stuff. And um, RSL actually with back to back losses right now at Seattle and then at home, we haven't lost three straight since the end of 2020 which was a kind of a COVID year that everybody throws away. I need to go look when the last time that happened before that. So um, a, a protracted losing skid, whether it's at home or overall, is just not something that's happened under Pablo. It's not something that's happened under this club. So I think there's a lot of pride. And you're going to see Zach McMath, Justin Glad, Andrew Brody, Pablo Ruiz, Jasper Loffelson, uh, Demir Krylock, um, Maybe Anderson Julio, certainly Justin Miram, uh, maybe Gomez, who I thought was really the brightest spot for RSL in the last game. Those guys and many, many more are going to have kind of the chip on their shoulder. And, you know, 
what is Brian Vera going to look like if he gets thrown out there either off the bench or as a starter in front of 19, 20,000 fans? Um, I would expect him to respond to that. So I think there's a, there's a lot to be excited about in terms of uh, the opportunity to uh, nip a, a bit of a losing run in the bud, but also to uh, to send St. Louis uh, back home and and showing them what the, that MLS is an endurance race. But look, you got to give them credit. Twelve points from four games. Uh, props to St. Louis. So I guess I'm looking for um, you know, some big performances out of the the players that are getting the opportunities. Um, we're looking for Demir, obviously, to you know. Anchor the team and kind of, you know, make sure that things are happening. I think we've seen some good performances out of Demir so far. I think um, he's, you know, he's still ramping up to the Demir that we've seen in the past. But I think that we're seeing some, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's good to see him out there. And I think that we're seeing the stability that we maybe was missing a few times, especially when you think back last year to that the little bit of a, a skid during the summer that we're missing some some leadership in the middle there. I think we've got that going. Um, we're looking for um, back line's going to be a big question mark this this week. If if uh, without Silva there, yeah, Silva's a it. question mark. Yeah. Look, he might be in the twenty. He he suffered a little bit of a of a hamstring injury, I think, um, during the bye week. And look, I, there's part of me that wonders if all these injuries uh, that kind of popped up during the bye week are a result of just. We've been on turf all of preseason and the first month of the season. Like it's been probably since 2005 or six since we spent this much time uh, training on turf every day. Probably 2005 when we were at Rice Eccles every day. And look, that's it. That's easy for me to say. I don't know that our coaching staff or our medical guys would agree with that, but I think the guys are just tired of being inside on the turf every day. And look, it does cause calf problems, muscle problems, hamstring problems. Like, you know, look, the Hidalgo thing was not turf-related. He's stretching for a ball um, and just felt his uh, hamstring pop, you know, as you kind of exert yourself. That could be a cold-weather thing. That could just be kind of a fluke thing. So, um, look, I think Sergio's possible. Uh, Savarino, again, is possible to be in the 20 with his calf knock. Um uh, Oviedo, same thing. He's got a calf knock. You know, this is a guy who's, uh, you know, a little bit older. So, you know, some of these muscle injuries are, are just managed in such a way to, to make sure that one game out doesn't turn into five games out, if you will, uh, especially with the aspirations that these guys have for the Open Cup, which starts in about a month, uh, Leagues Cup, which takes up uh, late July and early August, and then obviously the MLS Cup playoffs, which start in uh, mid-October and hopefully go all the way through to early December. So um, there's a lot of things at play. Some of it is being conservative. Some of it is um, just man maintenance and man management. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens, um, both in the 11 and in the 20, um, it may be a chance for an Elijah Paul or a Bertine, uh, Berton Jacqueson, you know, the generation Adidas guys, um, a Mecca Anelli, our, our draft pick that, um, you know, was going to sign a Monarchs deal, but might be in play for an MLS deal now. Um, you've got all kinds of guys and, and there's just uh, opportunity abounds. And we'll see who kind of seizes the day and takes a few of those things. So uh, speaking of like the the depth of the roster, and, all, and this week is the opening opening week for the Monarchs. Yep. I think as we're 
recording is tomorrow. I think as you're listening, as this releases, it'll be today, Friday, um, 25th. Monarchs are out at Zions Bank in Harriman. Um, I think uh, MLS Next Pro um, looks a little different this year than it did last year. There's a couple different things about the way that the setup, I think. It's a longer I, season. Uh, so there's two extra games. So the Monarchs will have 14 home games. Um, there is some new rules that I saw Ali Curtis talking about on the MLS Apple 360 last week where, you know, um, if you're injured, you come off the field and that injury is tended to off the field. In the playoffs, if you're the top seed, you get to choose your opponent. It's You're not locked into playing a certain seed. So um, they're, I, I like that they're trying to do some innovative things. I think they want to do more. Yeah. Um, in terms of maybe how the clock is managed. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what MLS Next Pro ends up doing. Yeah, we still have the no ties, right? That's another thing. Yeah, you go to a shootout after Um I did I did see Hummison's squad out there in Harriman this morning, uh training. Is yeah, they're full? on the stadium field uh the morning before the game. So I mean a full squad obviously the game game week, but that's one of those things that another thing that was a feature of the Monarchs last year is that uh, Hummison never really had access to a full roster based based on you know needs from RSL and need and well and and I mean honestly I think he's in a similar situation this year. There's only I believe twelve players that are on a actual MLS Next Pro contract, so you have to depend on academy kids coming up and MLS players uh, coming down and. Uh, that's what MLS Next Pro is for, is the opportunity for young guys, whether it's the Luis Rivera, the Delens Pierre, the Jude Wellings, et cetera, uh, Gavin Beavers uh, that have been on MLS deals. And then also, like, we've got um, Xavier Gozo and Luca Moisa and uh, guys coming up from the academy that really have shined um, at a professional level, even if it is a young professional level. And then you've got kind of your stalwarts. So, uh, Tyrone Mondi and, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on some of the other guys, but, uh, some of these guys that spent a lot of time with RSL in the preseason are the guys at the Monarchs level that are teaching, the people around them, how to be uh, professionals. Um, you know, obviously we look forward to seeing Axel Kai get significant minutes this year uh, with the Monarchs in a bid to get a look uh, with, with, with the first team. And I can say that about 20 other guys as well. So um, again, it's a, it's going to be um, an opportunity. It is going to be a long season, uh, 28 games total for Hamas and Olave's guys. And um, it's exciting to get it, kicked off here in Harriman on Friday night. Yeah, come on out to those games. I know that uh, it's always good to get to see those players play up close and personal, like literally up close. Like you're you're going to get great seats if you come out there. Go sit down in the in the north end zone with uh, the Wasatch Legion. You know, get involved with those guys. There'll be some good friends you'll have that you'll see everywhere. Um, that's a, it's a fun time. Monarch season is one of my favorite times. So um, kickoff is at eight o'clock what, what's interesting especially as we are in kind of some of these injury situations and and i don't know the rule i should know this um so we'll tweet it out or, or put it out there but i believe um players can play for both monarchs and rsl in the same weekend but it's limited to 135 minutes so basically three halves so there may be some guys that play Friday night for the Monarchs that could be in the 20 for RSL on Saturday. If you look at the Monarchs' schedule this year, out of 28 games, 
um, all but two are on Thursday, Friday, or Sunday. And that is kind of endemic league-wide in MLS Next Pro. So it really does give more players the opportunity to appear for both MLS and MLS Next Pro uh, rosters in a given weekend. So I think that's that's an important key for development. Obviously, if the first team game is first, you know, there's guys that may not play on Saturday that then can play on Sunday for the next pro team. But um, and and look, there are there are travel concerns, there are injury concerns, because there are some situations, especially due to weather or whatever, where if you're warming up or let's say you play 30 minutes at a certain in a certain venue at a certain level on Saturday where it's dangerous to put you out on Sunday or if you do that on Friday maybe it's dangerous to do it on on Saturday or there's limitations but um I think it's it's what's best for the player from a development standpoint and so that's going to be something um I'm excited to watch throughout the 2023 season. Yeah, that's going on this weekend. Um looks like we're not going to have a lot of that choice to make between seeing RSL versus seeing Monarchs game at the same time. So um, it's good to know. Um, seeing lots of good uh, reporting about the Royals announcement, I think. Yeah. We have, and that's been exciting to see. Um, if you were there last week or last RSL home game, they, they debuted the, the new logo. Yep. And uh, the president of the Royals was able to speak and talk to As I, as I told Michelle, now the hard work begins, oh, right? Sure. You got to hire a GM, you got to hire a coach, you got to go recruit players. Obviously, there's a Women's World Cup this summer. Um, the NWSL as a league is constantly evolving and changing. Um, I'm excited to have the Royals in next year's uh, EA Sports game, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of New Jersey uh, launches and kit launches throughout the NWSL, and and they're signing 14, 15, 16-year-old players in the NWSL right now. Sorry, not 14, but 15. So it seems like there's some different – types of arms races yeah and i think uh everybody in and around the club is excited to see uh, where the royals fit into all that but um we have taken a lot of season ticket deposits in the first uh two weeks now since the announcement got out there and uh these are exciting times so a year from now we'll be uh we'll be preparing for our nwsl return yeah and is a fascinating league to to follow and it's so great to be part of it it's great to see some familiar faces that were around here last week but uh um we'll obviously keep you updated as more stuff comes out that way so this weekend we have kickoff at america 30 7 30 yep. america first field i i'm excited for this one i think that like we're i think that uh this is the Pablo's team needs to rise to the occasion and I want to be there to see it happen. So yep. can't wait to be out there with the rest of you guys. Should and- be should be very close to being another sellout despite the weather. So um, if you know people that aren't going to use your use their tickets, please uh, get them in the hands of people who will because uh, as Demir Krylock always says, we need that 12th man. We need that, that support. And uh, I think the players are especially driven to try to reward the fans uh, – coming off the disappointment of the home opener of, of a 2-1 loss uh, to Austin. So want to re, uh, recapture that home field advantage in Sandy, and so we'll uh, we'll look to do that Saturday night against a red-hot St. Louis team coming in. Yeah, I'll see you there. All right, thanks, everybody. Follow us on social, at Claret Cobalt on Twitter, at Claret Cobalt on Instagram, anchor.fm slash Claret and Cobalt. Or you can uh, reach us snail mail, uh, R-S-L-T-R-E-Y at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And uh, we'll talk to you next week 
looking back at St. Louis and looking ahead to a trip to Columbus, Ohio, Lumen Field for April 1st. Thank you, everybody. And thank you to One Wire Fighter.